0: Hey folks welcome back to the podcast so this is part two of our two-part series where we sit down with john carroll Maine native Maine outdoorsman and national park ranger and discuss some of the finer details of deer camp the important traditional implications that are involved a lot of the overlapping variables involved with many deer camps and then just share some deer hunting stories and have a good time we had some great conversations with john so enjoy i've got a, there's a lot of deer around the house yeah i, I said shoot a deer right out back here and Lacey she could my wife she kind of has a hard time understanding she's like why do you want to go way up there and she's like, you go, go back here and shoot a deer no problem i'm like oh it's way more to it than just shooting a deer out back i mean wh- what do i do i go back shoot a deer drag it to the house yeah and then yeah it's it it's yeah. over that that video
1: it, i think was that the same video when the when the buck swum on you uh that you looked to your left, and there was There's a spike, spike horn, horn right yeah. there, and you let him walk. Yeah. I'd, I'd yeah, Last year. Yeah. Last year. I'd
0: gone all day long, and I was in a crap hole. That and, was uh, a tangle in there. It was. And I, sh- I should have got the buck early, earlier in the day. And uh, yeah, I was coming back out, and I was actually, I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm like, where the heck did this deer go? Because he angled into the into the lake. And I had gone so far up the shore on both sides and I could not see where he came. I'm running out of daylight. And I'd kind of gone back to where I had started where that deer had come down to the lake. And I was like, well, I'll kind of close this out and show my plan, explain my plan, what I'm going to do next. And geez, I turned around and there was a blowdown. And actually, if you back up in the video a little bit when I'm talking, you can see the deer through the woods. They're kind of filtering along through the woods. And then I mean, it was windy. They didn't know I was right there. And I think there was a doe in front first and maybe it was a spike horn. And he came around that blowdown. His head comes, he looks at me and I was like, oh, he's spike horn. And of course the does take off. He makes a few bounds right out there and stands there broadside. John, I'd have like, shot it. <laughs> <So>, uh, <laughs> <that goes to laughs> he was wide. I'd have shot it. And, and, and then I would have got
2: Paul and said, to Paul, you to drag. I it do the drag.
0: <laughs> and I kept thinking Lacey's going to kill me because she loves deer me." Yeah, Yeah. and that's her whole thing. I do too. And when she she's like, "You didn't shoot that spike horn," she's like, "That would have filled the freezer." I'm like, "I worked too hard all day long." Yeah, yeah.
1: I've uh, I've been fortunate too. So I told you that story. Uh, My dad and I killed that bear, and I I consider we did that together. And I've I've been part of. uh, I've killed deer with my cousin David, who's now gone. I've killed deer with my cousin Michael. I've killed deer with my brother. My brother, that spike horn we got last year, that was he and I together. No kidding. Yep. It's so
0: much more fun. It is. When there's and, two
1: people. And and it was last year's buck, Just that was just a little spike horn. But he and Bernie Tate, an, another friend of ours, Bernie grew up with us, played ball with us. One of our closest and yeah. nearest friends. We were just breaking through. There was some mixed green growth and yeah. hardwoods and broke out on the edge of an old skid trail. And I looked to my right and there's an adult buck in that skid trail, on the move, moving steady, but the deer didn't know I was there. But before I could step out to get clear and get my rifle up, the deer had stepped out of the skid road and in behind a cut top, and I couldn't see the deer. Oh, jeez. So I looked to my right, and I didn't know how far my brother was away from me, because he was quite a ways down, and I was going to try and get his attention, but I couldn't see him, so I grabbed my little grunt tube, and I started grunting, and... After a few grunts, that spike horn is what came back out. No kidding. So there were multiple deer there, Mm -hmm. which I didn't know. So I kept grunting and I changed my angle and up with my 760-35 and I shot the deer. And uh, the deer jumped about eight feet in the air and kicked his (laughs) hindquarters up and bounded. And I threw another one at him and missed. Uh, And then I looked to my right to try and get my brother's attention because obviously he heard me shoot. And... Jay was back up close to me, and he's got his rifle up, and he's aiming at something. And he touched off, and I'm like, "What are you shooting at?" And then he fired again, like that. And he said, "I just shot a buck that was standing over there." No kidding. And I said, "Holy cow!" Yeah. I said, "I think we we're into some deer right yeah. here." And then Bernie is coming down, and uh, coming down from the top of the ridge. So we went over, and the only deer there was that spike horn. No kidding. And I had shot the deer back, and my brother didn't know it was the same deer and shot he it right it in the, the throat. Oh, man. And uh, dropped the deer, and so uh, we tagged it and field-dressed it. And after a little while, we were able to sort out, yeah, there were there were four or yeah. five deer that had come through there. No kidding. And we never did get the big buck that was there. Yeah. But it's and I, it wasn't a 200-pound buck, but it was probably mature buck probably it was a mature yeah. buck and i would that's another thing because you i like on your podcast and your videos you do talk about a lot of statistical things i think our average deer is probably 180 okay ish yep we've certainly killed some small that's, deer in the no, past that's good. um but an 180
0: you're talking about your it, camp average yeah yeah no that's good Eight, yeah. nine-pointers. Yeah. And
1: normally yeah. the racks aren't big. They're low-tined, yep. and they're kind of wide. That, that
0: kind of seems to be a main
1: thing anyway. I think it is a main thing. I don't think to see that, you Yeah, go, that wow. kind of
0: unique. But, but you see like a lot of big-bodied deer, like right. 260. They don't have the racks got, to
2: match. No, got that's
0: common in Maine. Nothing yeah. for a rack. Yeah. yeah. But the, the other thing, times, times, 180-pound buck yeah. is- Rick Labby was oh, talking about that a, in
2: the podcast, and he has shot- He's shot a lot of 200-pound deer, and he he said there tends to be just an eight, you know, just a small eight-point rye. Nothing special, you know.
1: The other thing we have also learned over the last 45 years is we normally kill our deer between 10 and 2.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah. 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. is when we have killed the most deer. Yeah, I think that stands to to reason with nothing first thing in the morning and nothing... and I don't know for us if it's because we're probably spending most of our time.
1: In the, right. Chasing always, that, that yeah. point. Walking. Yeah. Following um, tracks, yeah. sorting things out.
0: But yeah, that's a good point. I don't think I've yeah. ever shot one first thing yeah. in the morning. You no, know, 30, I, 30 I, I
1: just, I told you that story the of the 2001 year, Michael killed that buck, his first deer of the, of the trip, he killed it within a half hour. That yeah, was 7.30 in the morning wow. when he yeah. shot that buck. So it we, we have had that happen. But over our time of yeah. hunting up, up at camp, we have figured out yeah. that we normally, yeah. you know, no one will yeah. be at camp between 10 and 10. Yeah. They yeah. will be L- Lesson there, exactly. Lesson there is stay in
2: the woods. Yeah. Correct. We, so we, we don't come back woods. and sit down and have do lunch, lunch at noon. We
1: do not either. We stay in the woods and hunt. Yeah. People might be yeah. changing locations and stop at camp and grab yeah. something and then keep going. Yeah. But yeah. but they are not sitting down and having Do you guys lunch. have a
0: day of the week? That was, of course, you're up there for multiple weeks. We Do you are. have a, you have a day, of, day of the week that's most productive for you guys? Or?
1: I don't know if we've ever figured that out, See what? to be honest. We um, were always from Thanksgiving
2: on.
0: Yep, yeah. And that stands to reason, because you've put yeah. in...
2: Yeah, we were always... A lot
0: of time to figure over, things and I out. I can
2: remember as a young man, way back in the day, 40 years ago, when we really started getting into hunting, it was... We seldom shot a deer before Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was generally from Thanksgiving on that we would uh, that we would shoot a deer.
0: Thanksgiving's been a yeah. good day. Yeah. So you guys,
1: that's that's intriguing to me because you're really kind of pushing the wire. Yeah, oh, well, maybe that because has the season to do with ends. It. We the push Saturday after Thanksgiving. Saturday after oh. Thanksgiving. Is oh. the end of firearm season. Yeah. Saturday. I mean, rifle season. Saturday
2: after Saw right, a bunch Saturday of deer on the last day. Yeah, a lot of deer at the last day. A lot of deer.
0: And, the, you know, you yeah. think getting up in the morning, you've been hunting six days now, or right. five days. This is your sixth day out. And you're thinking, well, it hasn't happened in five days. What are the odds of, I don't know, it would sometimes yeah. just comes together. Now, so, we,
2: we talk a lot about deer hunting, John, and I, I have a disclaimer I'm by no means a good deer. There's so many, oh yeah. So many so, people yeah. that are So I
1: would tell you right now. Yeah. I I would love to spend a day following yeah. you around. Yeah. Well, and I go, I have told Paul in multiple emails yeah. he is very lucky to yeah. still have his dad to go hunt with. Yeah. And I, we love to do it. And that he and, still and does. I'm not going to speak yeah. for Paul, but I, we love to do it.
2: And probably nobody loves it any more than we do. But I'm by no means a great deer hunter. Oh, I, just, I bet I just you guys enjoy- are good. I, I bet no, I could learn I, some I stuff just, from you. Yeah, I just enjoy There's, doing it and stuff. And there and was stuff.
0: one, and I always want to talk, I always wanted to talk about this for the longest time. And we did a kind of a podcast on it or a video on it. Like A lot of the really good deer hunters that no one will ever know about. And I've worked in Ashland now for 10 years. Mm. A lot of old guys in Ashland. and. And they know this is to, a unique they situation. They've shot a lot of deer. They know I like to hunt. Yeah. And they will come in, they filter into that store. They have no business there. They're not, they just want to come in and talk about and the stories they have and the deer that they've shot. It's like, oh my word. It's yeah. it's insane. There's yeah. there's a bunch of 80, there's one guy, 82. He still shoots a deer every year. That you is know. awesome. There's and I so I sit there and I think all these guys, and I'm like, no one will ever know about these guys but you know that is another thing that i
1: this is a personal feeling for me that i like about our state because we don't have a lot of folks that are bragging
0: no
2: there's a lot like like you say and paul said there's a lot of really good deer hunters oh yeah there are you never hear about... Them.
1: I grew up just like you guys. I have all the Benoit books. I have, oh, the most, oh my of, I have most of the Benoit videos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have Hal Blood's books. Yeah. I have uh, the R.G. Bernier yeah. books. Oh, yeah. Richard Bernier, I enjoy uh, reading those. And yeah. I have a lot of books because um, I like books and I like to read. So Same did, here. Did you ever read Ridge Runner by Gerald Averill? Yes, I got the, I got it. That is one of yeah. my favorites. Telling about his life growing up and... When, uh, Winterport or yep. whatever the town was, and then uh, working for the paper company and living up in the woods yep. at, a, I've a, got the at a real logging camp and then eventually becoming a game warden. Yeah, and uh,
0: I'll have to read that one. I've I got uh, one.
1: some of the other stuff that hooked me on this when I was a kid. Again, my dad was a warden, but I collected all the Lou Dietz books. Yeah, I, yep, I got them. I have the complete set. Uh, and that Edmund Ware-Smith. Yep. Ed,
2: Edmund Ware Smith, uh, Lou Dietz. I've got Lou Dietz. Paul, in the camp that we're at, that we stayed at, had a drawing. Remember yes. that
1: drawing? Yeah. Yep. That was done by Lou Dietz. It was. That's, that, was <coughs> that is awesome. Yeah. And so I They're have pencil drawings. I have yes. gathered all this, this stuff, but uh, I think you were absolutely spot on that there are some phenomenal outdoors people oh, yeah. in the state yeah. of Maine, and they just... Do, their own, do their own thing and yeah keep to the a salvation. lot of them are gone. I
2: We're, had we one of the other Pat Pat Gonyer <clears throat> uh, uh, from Prescott had a camp across lake. An unreal hunter. And yeah. you know, those guys he didn't save the racks or anything. No, he, he no. and he's long gone, Pat. But what an outdoorsman and a yeah. fisherman too. Fisherman, oh my goodness. Yeah. He lived it. He lived it. Yeah. I wish he was here. I'd love to pick his brain.
1: I read those books, you know, again, Gerald Averill and being in the logging camp mm-hmm. back then, and, and of course, Lou Dietz. The Jeff White stories were fictional, and they yep. were, written, they were yep. written for young I' to read. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I asked my dad, I said, Dad, when you were a game warden in the 60s up at Clayton Lake, did you ever, was logging still really going on hot and heavy? The old way back then, and he said that he and Charlie Davis, there was a set of camps back then, and they'd go in every now and then and eat at the logging camp. And he said, uh,
2: my dad did the the same thing. Food
1: was unbelievable. No kidding. And he said the other odd things was uh, he remembered was they ate an awful lot of turnip, really, and they would put lard into the soup. In the winter,
2: my dad did the same thing. Yeah. He was an insurance adjuster, and w- the woods industry. And he did mainly work comp. And the woods industry was a very dangerous occupation. A lot of injuries and stuff. So he would go into the woods a lot to get to get uh, the report or whatever on somebody being injured. And he would t- tell me he'd stop into these logging camps like that, and you pay just a, a very little money. Yeah. and you'd have a meal. Yeah. 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 And, and like you said, a fantastic meal. I can, yeah.
1: My I, father said it was exceptionally good food. Yeah. Nice. Homemade bread yeah. and desserts and, yeah. and, 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 and hard and work. whatever the main course was, was good food and there was plenty of it.
2: Right. Yeah. They needed a lot of calories. They so did. they were hard workers and yep. they, they needed a lot of calories. So they didn't skimp on the food and stuff. They now, did. one book
0: that always hit home for me, and it was because the camp that we hunted out of, she lived there. Was Helen Hamlin's Nine right, Mile Nine Mile Bridge. Um, you know, she was a school teacher in I Churchill that Dam. Book. Yeah, that I was got a this. first
2: edition autograph copy of the book. First edition. Yeah, that's unbelievable. And, and her second she had a sister book, uh, Pines, Pines, Potatoes, and, potatoes and, people, yeah. and people. There.
1: Yeah. So back again in the nineties. I'm I'm going way back now, but uh I was working in Holton, and my father was in camp already. My uncle was there, and some other wardens, and uh, I I couldn't get in because I was working, but my days off came, and you know how that is. Sometimes oh, yeah. you got to wait until you get days off, yeah. and then you go. Got into camp uh, that next day. I left early that next morning. That was my first day off, and got into camp at about 1130 uh, during the week. My days off were in the middle of the week, yeah. work week, and uh, there was snow, and, uh, geez, fresh buck track going across the road. And I looked to the left down in the ditch, and the track was so fresh, he'd stepped into the ditch, and the water was still spreading out on the ice in the ditch. So I shut my truck off and jumped out and grabbed my 270, and I said, boy, this deer, the river is right there. I know it's right there. I I haven't been down in this piece, but I said, I'm going to follow this a little bit. So I started poking in there, and it was thick at first, but then it opened up. Open green growth, yep. Mm-hmm. A lot of sphagnum moss on the ground, uh, yep. more mature forest. And, and yep. so you're looking, and I'm the track continues to go, and I can see down through the trees, the water, the river, the Saint John River. And I look to my right, and there's a set of antlers oh, laid sh- down behind a log on the ground. And I that deer wasn't 15 feet from me. I turned to my right and shot that buck laying there. Wow. And uh, I shot him, and he died. He dug up some ground, and you know, drug himself about six feet, and he was done. That was it. That buck dressed out two twenty five. Wow, yeah, that's wow. a big year.
0: That well, was late nice in the year one. was that-, that? That
1: was in the middle of November. Okay, yeah, uh, still before geez. Thanksgiving. Yeah, because yeah, my father game, always yeah. wanted to be home for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Boy, there are some big ones up in that country. There and certainly a Few, is. few I mean, and far between. Yeah, them.
2: they're sparse. Yeah, but boy, they they get big up there. Uh, even where we hunt, Paul, that I shot a, a yearling there a few years ago. Oh, that was insane! And they, they pulled a tooth out of it. 175 pounds, a yearling, by 170 dressed weight, fully dressed. You're not that, old.
1: that has some good genetics. Oh, he was
2: standing Can you beside that it. if he had lived to four and a half, five and a half years That'd old. That'd been that. a 300 pounds. That was a just.
0: Yeah, its frame the, was big, huge. Big bodies.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, so they where I registered the deer, they pulled a tooth, and I got it the information in the card
0: in the mail. And it was a year and a half old. So join your home home until November 12th, November 12th. So you'll stay at camp from we're going in the 28th this Friday. Okay.
1: And, uh, we got two weeks planned. So we'll come out the Saturday before I go jump on a plane back to Alaska.
0: That's going to be a hard trip. It is. (laughs) To
1: fly back to it is, it is. Yeah. But, uh, it, it, it is a family tradition, and you know the other great thing about it, and it's probably the same for you, is my mother is eighty three, and she still gets fired up about it. Does she really? And she's going to be baking squares for us, and you know, uh, to yeah. take to camp. That's and, that's good. Yeah, yeah, everybody's chomping at the bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. My I've, mom's
2: eighty nine, and she loves to hear our stories. Yeah, because well, we were raised doing it, and, and uh, she knows that. Uh, a lot of that is our connection with our with Paul's grandfather, my father. Is that's why we do it. Yeah, yeah. because he he spent the time and, and we we still use
0: just, a lot of the same gear. I still wear
2: around. his vest. Yeah.
0: he's got a and Filson vest yeah. from like yeah. I still wear it must his. Must the vest 60s And, and I think
2: about that stuff. And when you get to camp, you know, you still see your father there. You better you, believe it. And your and grandfather. I think that's awesome. Yeah. You
1: say that because. Yeah. I asked my dad one time, I'd come back to camp in the afternoon, he was sitting there at the kitchen table, the camp table, looking out the window at the river, Yeah. and I said, Dad, I know you like to hunt, I said, but you always just want to sit here at camp, I said, don't you want to get out, and I said, aren't you bored sitting here by yourself, and he said, John Wesley, I like to sit right here and think about my father, oh, (laughs) Jesus
2: This camp that that we have now was my father's passion yeah, it, it was That's, his passion he loved he lived for that yeah so many people bought camps back in the day they thought it was a, a you know a good, looked like a good idea, and they owned them for a year or two and they found out it was a lot of work and they'd sell them. My father used his camp. he was there from the time the snow left
1: until yeah November. The other thing with my dad was. Every once in a while, he would get a little fire going or whatever. And and uh, so a little different story. Again, everybody who loves to hunt, we have our passions about mm-hmm. our guns. Mm-hmm. And Mike Carroll, our cousin, who is a tracker, that is his passion. He likes to run them. Michael carries a did forever, and he just recently passed it on to his son. But he carried a Remington Model 14, 35 Remington All right. pump. And uh, he did that. His grandfather, my grandfather's brother, he owned... My grandfather was a mason. Uncle Phil was the pharmacist. And Uncle Charles, Michael's grandfather, owned a heating oil company. Okay. Heating oil coal. Walls Coal Company in Southwest Harbor. And Uncle Charles was an avid outdoorsman. He trapped bear. He salmon fished he was a legend on the penobscot river and the Mm. salmon pools he he uh and he was a deer killing machine in the old old days as a matter of fact my grandfather told me a story that when he was in school he had to go to his mother and borrow money to get a suit for a uh, some sort of an event at school and she said absolutely charles here's the money you give me your rifle (laughs) because he killed deer all the time and she wanted him to take a break anyway he could have the rifle back when he paid that loan back to her i bet he paid it back my grandfather said he worked like a dog and got that thing paid back but my point to this was uncle charles always told his kids the best deer killing cartridge was 35 remington so michael And all of his siblings and cousins used 35. Use 35, Remington. use 35 Remingtons. They used 35 Remingtons. We like to poke fun with one another, and my father was at camp, and and uh, I think Michael started poking fun at my father about, geez, Jimmy, why don't you go out and shoot a deer, you know, blah, blah, blah. And my father said, all right, I'll do it. He said, I'm going to take your rifle, though. And he said, when I kill the deer, though, you have to give the rifle to me.
0: Oh, and my Michael word. goes,
1: okay, no problem. Oh, my word. My father went up the road sat down i'm not joking my father was a smoker which is not good my father sat my down my dad was a smoker yeah. my father lit a cigarette and a spike horn comes out and starts fooling around the road my father watched it <laughs> didn't shoot it the deer went back in the woods 10 minutes later the deer comes out again my father killed that spike horn no with michael's rifle yeah flung that thing in the truck <laughs> and literally they tell the story they say 45 minutes later he was back at camp and mike carroll was sweating <laughs>
0: Thinking he just He's gonna lost keep his, his right. <laughs> <laughs> Did he get it back? Oh yeah. Yeah. You got it back. yeah, Oh yeah. Yeah. But my father teased him. I hope heavily. he played it up a little bit. Oh no, he pe- he played it oh, yeah. up. Yeah. But uh
1: that, that little buck I think was hundred and seventeen pounds, spike horn, and we had some other deer hanging. That was the best buck of the trip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that the best yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, we sweet.
2: we we talk about this like we, you know. We have familiar stories which we do, but those stories that's a very common thing in Maine what we're talking about. There's a lot of people that can relate to what we're talking about that yeah. were that were raised from young when they were young boys going to deer camp and stuff and looking forward to the day they could go with their with their father or grandfather or whatever to deer camp and and still look forward to it. Yeah. I mean that is it's not a yeah. We're not telling a strange story here. No. You know, it's a pretty
0: common. Uh, well, I I think, I I think it's becoming less common. Yes, it is a lot less yeah. common. Yeah. And my brother
1: yeah. and I were talking about that because right yeah. now it's fun for me to see my brother. And he and I are the same age. I'm fourteen years Fourteen old, months. Yeah. That's yeah. basically. My brother is so enthused right now because Thursday his son is coming He's home. Coming. Yeah. yeah. To go to camp with us, yeah. yeah, and he is wound up about that, I and bet he, he is. is hoping that Jimmy is going to have a great trip. Yeah. yeah, so
2: I can't imagine that he wouldn't have a great trip. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, just uh, being together with the guys, the laughs, the the, the, the good times and stuff. The, yeah. Well, like Paul say, kind it. of
1: inspired Jay, and Jay uh, Jay invested and in, and bought a new over and under twenty eight gauge a Fausti. Oh yeah, yeah. and it's a nice one, yeah, a really nice shotgun, and so he's gonna have Jimmy. He's he goes. There are no birds this year. I'm so bummed out. He goes. I've got to have Jimmy shoot some birds. You know, he's trying to get him. You'll get some. You'll you'll get some. It just won't be. It won't be easy. It won't. You know. Well,
2: I shouldn't say that. It's probably not going to be easy, but you'll there'll be birds up there. Yeah, there'll be birds up there. There'll be birds to kill. Yeah, and if
1: we get if we do get into the deer, which is you know. That's just again icing. Yeah, that'll be icing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but it's fun to be at camp. We, like I said, we eat good. We always have an adult beverage at night, and yeah. and then we get up and we go at it, and yeah. and we are hard. Ahead. And on Sundays, uh, we do our chores hard. Yeah, uh, yeah, we cut a lot of firewood. We process a lot of wood. We take care of everything that needs to be taken care of in our camp. Uh, my again, my brother is primary Harold Hubner. Him, you know. We get done dinner at night. The dishes are washed. The coffee pot is made and it's sitting on the stove, yeah, ready to turn anything. on. The camp is vacuumed and cleaned, and everything is spick and span. Mm. And when you wake up in the morning, that just makes you know. Wid yeah. will be up at four thirty in the morning, and he'll make everybody breakfast. And, oh, jeez. No. and you know, yeah, that you just love that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah.
0: a it's a great thing.
2: There's a, a famous saying there, William Faulkner there I get up and say it once in a while it when the first guy gets up it's daylight in the swamp. I don't know if you're a, a reader or not. He was a Pulitzer Prize yes. author there. he was a deer hunter. That was one of his sayings. it's daylight, daylight in the swamp. swamp. yeah time to get up. yep yeah. but I have that passion you're talking about uh, books I, I I'm always ordering anything I can get on outdoors in maine whether it be fly fishing or hunting or history or whatever i i've bought them all as, yeah as, i do the same yeah, thing mark yeah. uh, tom hennessy and bud lovett and yep there was a
1: famous guy i've got a he, tom hennessy painting
2: yeah yeah there's a famous guy that he's been a uh, gene latorno he's uh he was he was a writer for the newspapers yeah, and, and
1: he used to go to the camp at ross lake
2: yeah gene latorno lived down in Waterville area. So yeah. I, uh, you know, I... Huh. I what
1: just was the have paper... A, what was the Portland Press-Herald? What Who owned that? What company was that, gentlemen? Uh, it's right on the tip of my uh, tongue. I don't,
2: don't know. Gene... Well, I, well, well Jean, the,
1: the, the paper owned a big camp on Ross Lake. And Gene uh, used to go to that camp okay. all really the time. Yeah. All the time.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got his... uh I don't think he wrote a lot of books. I'm trying to think he wrote uh, uh sportsman say, uh, when it first came out, I got that book sportsman say,
1: yeah, I remember that one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have a passion for, for reading, for books and stuff. And so, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I love all that stuff too. And, uh, do you guys remember when you were doing the stuff in the Clayton area? Uh, just, just west of Clayton, there was a little low log cabin up on the Knoll, Palais Royale. Uh, yeah. So that camp was owned by a fellow from Vermont named Harris Soule. And he was the county ag agent over in Vermont. And he had Palais Royale. And when my father was the game warden there, he would, Mr. Soule used to hire Camille all the time. And he'd guide him either deer hunting or trout fishing, mm-hmm. and uh, Mister Soul fished. He'd hang out with Earl Weymouth. They'd go uh, uh, troll Ross Lake and uh, and uh, yeah. and and fish all the streams and rivers because every brook back then had trout. Oh yeah, oh, full, full of. of oh yeah, and uh, yeah, still, probably, still is still is Mister Soul wrote a book called Northwoods Tales and Unusual Recipes, and I have a copy of that one. Really, and See, uh, probably hard
2: to find. I will look it up.
1: Yeah, we'll look Northwoods it up. Tales and S O U L E. Is that how you spell? Yeah, yeah. S O U L E. Yep. Harris W. Soul. Yeah,
2: I will look that up yep. because uh, I it's, am, it's I... a good
1: book. A lot of little—they're just little stories, one or two page stories. Yep. There are some stories in there that tell some history and some stuff over in Canada across the border, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of very strange recipes. Yeah, <laughs> some really good ones, but yep. some some odd ones. You know, roast raccoon and. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure
0: some odd animals there. Though. Yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, just really good stuff. And and my father always said he was just a super nice man, Mr. Mm-hmm. Soul.
0: Yeah. But yeah. That's that's interesting stuff. Yeah. yeah. Should we so, close it out and we can talk a little bit? More? You uh, you uh, how many how long have we been going? I don't now? know. You're I the might, boss. I
1: might, You're not, I'm sorry. I've been rambling. No. Up. No. What no, no, I'll do. It. Well, you I, can't I might make
2: it two part
0: series. I was just into this.
1: thinking that, Paul. You could. Yeah. Probably make it two. But I close series. it out
0: and we'll talk. Tell more stories without cameras in our face, and yeah, we didn't and, uh, really
1: tell many hunting stories. There are a lot. of Well, you know,
2: and but but the main thing is, is yeah, the hunting stories are good, and I and we love them. But it's there's something just about deer camp.
1: I think I think yeah. what I would like to tell you guys though, while we are recording, yeah. is yeah. I want you both to know that my brother and I, you do not understand how much we appreciate what you. Talk about when you do your stuff here because, but, again, to go um, what I'm leading back to is folks do not realize how lucky we are no. in this state. No, you're mm-hmm. right. The Irving Corporation, IP, Great Northern, yeah. Seven Islands, all these different land owners and companies, and the little guys that own land in yeah. the Northeast, Prentice Maine Carlisle, Woods, Prentice yeah. and Carlisle yeah. Yeah. All, all those companies. They are so good to us. They are, and yeah. we are so lucky. And
0: you can take it for granted, really easy. You can, and take I did it you know, for a long, time. very easily. And, Paul. and
2: I did as a young. I never thought about that as no. a young person, but now, as you get older, you realize that's not the way it is. Like you say, in in most of the world, you get no. that it's right. It's not uh, the way it you is. You go and you've out been west,
1: there. and if you don't have a lease somewhere to hunt on, you know. Look at New York State. They they do have the Adirondacks, but a lot of those guys have to go get a lease somewhere yeah. to hunt. And yeah. down in down yeah. in the southern part of the US, getting back to we just don't know how fortunate we are because, like you said, a lot of folks are going to these other states and they gotta pay ten or fifteen thousand dollars a yeah. year for a lease to have a place to sit and hunt.
0: Yeah. And it's not very and
1: big. we have millions of If you filled your truck up and said we're going to cover some miles today, you could burn a
2: tank of fuel easily. You get up to where you are, even where our camp is, Paul. All around, anywhere I want to go. Someone asked me, "Where I want to go and hunt a
0: bird or hunt?" They're like, "What what zone were you get those birds in?" And I was kind of like, "Well, zone three, zone Zone five, five. zone a little bit of four, and then I'm like, yeah." There's quite, you, a, quite an area there that because correct,
1: you can travel a long
2: way up, and, and we do.
1: Yeah, we did. We did want to, my brother and I wanted to share with you. We we watch all the YouTube channels uh, here in Maine. You know, we what we avidly watch you guys. Uh, we appreciate We, we watch it. Yeah. some big woods bucks. We watch, uh, you know, Maine Girl Outdoors. We watch. Yeah. uh yeah. We yeah. watch uh, Corey on Maine yeah. Woods. Yeah, I'm we subscribed
2: watched. to all those yeah. people you just mentioned.
1: Yeah uh so we we watch all those different channels and uh we like them but but you guys are really doing a very good job about talking about what it is to be a guy in maine a gal in maine who has the opportunity yeah. that we have and, and in our traditions and our heritage stuff well, yeah
0: i appreciate you yeah. sharing that because i'm glad that resonates because it does
1: resonate and and uh you guys are doing a really really good job at that and and my, my brother said it last night because we we you know I was coming here today and I told him I said, I'm nervous I don't should, even oh know how word. this thing goes or how to do this, but we should re- have brought him with ya. we yeah. re- watched your again the one about your hunting camp yeah and how you got started yeah and uh Jay's like, man, we are so parallel yeah, yeah. and yeah. and isn't that odd that here's a family from Fort Fairfield, Maine, Aroostook County. We grew up on the coast, yeah, but, and yet very similar. We all do it the same it's, way. It's yeah. amazing how
0: deer hunting, yeah. yes. does yeah. that. Yeah, there's but, there's been a few other people that that have reached out and not so similar to this, but just little commonalities with deer hunting. And you're thinking, like one one guy, he had a picture of a wall tent with a uh, pack and play, and I'm thinking. I can relate to that right now because I've got three young kids. Yep. He's still going to do it and dealing with pack and play and toys. Yep. And he's like, I'm like, Yeah, there's there's people doing the same thing yeah. yep. that I'm that I'm dealing with.
2: You see a lot of it now. Technology takes over, people have downriggers and it's you know, gone are the days of the the lead core line and the Dave Davis spoons. And oh, I
1: used to troll those all the time. Yeah.
2: That's what it was when I was yeah. a kid: lead core and Dave Davis spoons and chasing
0: Togue. Yeah, chasing toge. Yeah, tog. even, even in you know hunting realm and stuff like that, you see people starting to use like AR style yeah. guns yeah. and stuff. And I, I just, I mean, I'm not against that. I, no. I don't.
1: If people, I, I am very pro firearm. But uh, that's not me. No, No, I want. I want a traditional.
2: I don't even want a synthetic gun. I don't even want want synthetic stock, and
0: and I want, yeah, just a.
2: We do a little trail camera now, and the cellular cameras are a big thing. And uh, I don't know, it, it can get and and I I think, and it's happened in other states that they're they're starting to outlaw
1: those. I sent you a picture. Of a buck that we call the chainsaw buck. Yes. and It's I, on the tailgate. That's a big it's, buck. It's all the guys. That buck was over 200 pounds. And he's got big antlers. And uh, that deer was killed by Bernie Tate, who is was a buddy of ours who goes to camp with us. The story with that deer, again... So I, out of your camp? Out of our was, camp. Okay, yeah. Uh, hunting a big ridge over there and had been seeing some sign, set up one morning and... The buck came along, and he shot the deer, but he hit the deer really low. Okay. Broke a leg. Bernie tried to track the buck for a while and just couldn't stay with it, so he said, I'm backing out, and I'm going to go get help, which was smart. Right. Yeah. Bernie went back to camp and got David Minktons, who was like, yes, let's go get (laughs) this thing. They grabbed their 35s because now they're chasing a wounded deer and thinking it's going to be close quarters.
0: And there was snow. There was August. a little bit okay. of snow.
1: Um, They get on the deer. This starts in the morning. And they chase that buck all day. Jeez. Four o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, Lord. They are miles, and I do mean miles, mm-hmm. back into the woods when they finally... And it's getting dark. When they finally o'clock. got the deer killed. And... All of us had been out hunting, and we came back to camp. And, and I have to be clear, I don't know how somebody got word, but there was a note on the table at camp, we need help. So I was with my cousin Michael. We headed over there, and it is dark now. Yeah. And Michael said, I've got a grid. And so we plugged it into the GPS, and we start through the woods. We hike and we hike. And like you just said, Paul, we went through a blowdown tangle. Mm. I I don't even know how we got through that. Hands and knees. I mean, we were crawling over down spruce trees and firs and under, and it was a fiasco. By the time we got there, the, the whole camp had shown up to help. We got to the buck. He was a big deer. We took turns dragging At one o'clock in the morning, we stopped dragging and we said, we're hanging this deer up.
0: Holy smokes. We hung
1: it up in a tree and hiked back out, went back to camp, got up the next morning. We brought chainsaws (laughs) and hiked back in on the waypoint, got the deer out of the tree, and then had two guys in front
0: clearing Clearing away,
1: away, and we dragged that buck back out to the truck. And took that picture on the tailgate after we were done. You guys have been
0: tired. We
1: were tired.
0: (laughs) I remember a story like that. Hold One second, though. How was dinner at camp that night? (laughs) The night before, no one ate. But (laughs) but the night after
1: we got the deer out of the woods, everybody ate good. (laughs) (laughs) There was, uh,
2: and I don't know if you were at the camp at this because you were in and out having school and playing sports and stuff. But I remember Kevin had wounded a deer.
0: Oh, Tyrone, they named
2: it. And he and Derek tracked it all day. Yeah. And they big get deer. back at the camp that night. Their orange was brown. Their yes. orange vests were brown. I know
1: exactly what you mean.
2: They had spruce needles. Their underwear was full of spruce needles. <laughs> yes, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. Their their clothes were tattered. In one day, I don't know how far, but they... When they walked into camp, they looked like they had been beat up. (laughs) They didn't get that deer.
0: They called it Hurricane Alley,
2: right? Uh, Yeah, But I just remember, and he did get a deer. That was the year I think we all shot deer, and Kevin did get one the last day, the last Saturday. But that day, Derek was with them. Derek tracked with them, and they come back to camp, and I remember I can see them coming in in their blaze orange hat and their vest. Were I don't know if they were even serviceable, if they were <laughs> legal anymore. It they was camo so, at that point. <laughs> they were yeah. so dirty. And the, and the spruce needles, the, all the dead spruce needles. It, it was, oh, jeez. I, I can th- feel I, that right now, yeah. right in my shirt collar. Oh. They wounded that. Kevin wounded the buck, and they, they tracked that all day i long. remember
0: the story they called it tyrone because yeah. it was a big buck yeah and they were like he was walking there were so many blowdowns they called it hurricane because it was yeah. i think mature forest yeah that had yeah. All, had a lot of big yeah and he said the buck was li- literally walking on blowdowns yeah going through this stuff yeah and I was,
1: we yeah. we actually have had a few of those stories you know oh. we we that's the other thing i love about the guys i go with they they truly do we we don't like wounding animals. No. None of us do. No. We, we want a good, clean no, kill. No, it we happens want it, occasionally. Right, and the... it does. But uh, uh, yeah. I was hunting with with my cousin David one time, and we had had fresh snow, and the snow had just stopped. And for some reason up there where we are, a lot of times, and this was back when there was some deer around, uh, it the deer would just come out of the woodwork. They got that fresh snow, and they get all yeah. frisky, and... Yeah. Anyway, we were coming down this side road and looked up and there was a spike horn there. And David said, get out and shoot that spike horn. And I said, I can't get out of the truck. The deer's going to run off. He said, I can't get out. It's on my side. Get out and shoot that spike horn. So I slid out of my side of the truck because we were headed, but the deer was there. Anyway, I slid out, crept around the front of my truck and I missed the buck david was wild because <laughs> he wanted deer you know we we'd been hunting yeah, for a opportunities, while nobody, nobody yeah. had tagged anything yeah yet. opportunities
2: came and he, few and far between said, and yeah
1: you tracked that buck he said i'm taking the truck and i'm going back in here yeah. get on that deer so i said okay loaded yeah. my gun up went up over the hill yeah. and i started following the track and uh yeah anyway uh hadn't gone in there 80 yards and fresh buck track came across the trail that was a lot bigger than the spike horn I'd just missed. So I turned and started following that. Track. That one. deer went down across the reality road. So I went down and, uh, sure enough, got down and it dropped off. And there were some Jack down there that were probably five, six feet tall. Yeah. And I could see the buck coming sideways and he turned and started walking away from me. And I had my two seventy, and I, put it right on the back of his neck and fired and the deer took off. And I said, Holy cow. So I ran down through the Jack furs and I didn't know it, but on the other side of the Jack furs, there was a drop off. And I hit that went down. I'm laying on (laughs) my back against the bank and I looked to my left and here's the buck. And so right from the bank, I put it on him and I fired and that deer humped up, you know, And I said, holy cow, I got him. And he started making his way to the right up there in the woods. I could still see him, and he was not going fast. So I stepped into the stream, and I started to wade across. And I stepped on something and rolled my ankle. And I mean rolled my ankle bad. And uh, Because every guy at camp will say that I'm lying. (laughs) (laughs) That I wasn't hurt at all. But... uh, but you know, I, hurt. I didn't dare to try and get all the way across the stream. So I drug myself back up the road, got up to my truck and went back in to get David. We came out and I pulled out and a log truck almost, you know, hit us. Yep. And anyway, we went back down in and David is now fired up. He's like, okay, tell me where you were. What'd you see? Where'd you shoot? You know, he's fired up. So we go down to the edge of the stream And he said, okay, we're going to go across. We're going to track this deer and get him. And I said, uh, I don't think he went very far, David. And uh, I said, I don't know if I can make it across there. I said, my ankle, I can feel it swelling right now inside my boot. And he said, we're going to do this. So we started across, and David had no problem. He waded across the, the stream, and then I came along slowly. And he got up in there, and he didn't go 10 yards. He said, come on, John, your deer's right here. Come get it. You got to come finish this buck. I said, Minktons, finish the deer. <laughs> finish the buck. I said, uh, you know, my, I can't move fast. So he fin- yeah. He killed the deer, finished it. The deer couldn't get up, And uh, a nice uh, eight-point buck. Jeez. And uh, he field-dressed it. And the story that David used to love to tell, because, again, we've lost David. We lost him in 2018. But David said, yeah. He said, I got back to the edge of the river. And he said, I had... I had John Wesley on one shoulder and I had that deer across the other and both rifles strapped across me. And he said, I had to wade the river. It was right to my armpits in depth, you know, and everybody at camp was just rolling. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. anyway, they, they all said that, you know, I had no problem getting up and getting a beer. So my, <laughs> my yeah, wasn't yeah, too bad, wasn't that bad. <laughs> right. Well, that was medication. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was medication. That's right. that, but, that was, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just, we, we've done that a few times and the same thing happened to my brother. He he shot a buck, shot it in the morning and uh, he and Wilfred started tracking that deer. And uh Wid, and they there was quite a bit of snow and Wid is a big boy. Wid's a lot bigger than I am and uh, by the time they made it, chasing this deer, going round and round, they got down to the edge of the river and the buck would go down the river bank, which we're talking 70, 80 feet, High smokes! the buck would run down and then run back up and then run down and run back up and they were following this thing verbatim and wid was physically done and was chafed raw yeah. you know <laughs> from walking through yeah. deep snow and yeah. underbrush yeah. that you can't see yeah and wid said i'm gonna go back to the truck and get help so jay and modine i think modine was with them Jay and Modine came out and looked across. The deer was stepping out out of the river, and Jay had hit the deer back.
0: Yep.
1: That's why the deer was still up. Okay. And uh, <laughs> Modine said, don't shoot that thing in the river, and the deer took two more steps, and Jay whistled it, and it <laughs> dropped right there on the bank. The and river then they're bank. like, how are we going to get this spot? <laughs> yeah. So they took a waypoint trying to line up where they were with the deer. And then hiked back out, got in their trucks, and drive down there as far as they could, then get out and hike
0: oh, to get word.
1: as close as they could to that waypoint, coming out on the river, and then they found the deer. Yeah. They didn't sons. get back until yeah. one or two o'clock That's in the morning. But anyway, I know I've rambled on forever here. No, and I apologize, oh my God. But oh, I, do, stump- I, I just wanted to, again, reiterate with you that you know it is impressive what you two are doing, the things yeah. you talk about. I, I'm not trying to get into politics. Like that was incredibly interesting to me. What you pointed out about the schools not being able to do hunter education. They're trying to pull. Like, you know, that bothers me.
0: And that's how I
1: look back. That was my, when my I was only a kid, access. I didn't have to have hunter no, education. No, I didn't either. I was grandfathered. Yeah, so, but so I did was, go uh, to a course Yeah. Uh, just because, and I don't think I ever sent my stuff in because I didn't need it. Yeah. But it was held at the high school.
0: Yeah. And, and I can now, remember
1: if they can't do that,
0: I think that's wrong. Like after soccer practice, we'd go in and there was a whole bunch of us. All the kids that hunted, we were getting close to 16. We're like, oh we gosh, we could get this done so we can. And yeah, school provided it. It was a couple guys from the VFW, yeah, that actually put it on. Yeah. And uh it made it so easy. I think it was like three nights or something. Yeah. And yeah, to to pull something that doesn't even make sense because you're first pulling knowledge from somebody, even if they never, hunt, well, it's gun safety. That's, it's that's gun, what it's all about. Gun it's, safety it's, and, and woodsmanship, yeah. you know, right. A little bit of gosh, if you get
1: lost. Yeah. It, it It isn't teaching them how to be dangerous no. or yeah. whatever the thought process was yeah. behind that law. But, yeah. uh, yeah, you guys do a great job, and we just wanted you to know we we really do appreciate that you're you're talking about those things and uh, and you're representing uh, the Maine sportsmen and women in a very very good we, way. Yeah, we appreciate so, that. Uh, I it's awesome. All of you do. Like I said, Maine Girl Outdoors, yeah. both the Osgoods, uh, yeah. Hal Blood, his yeah. crew, his whole crew, Corey Ryder. Uh, and I'm forgetting some, but there are a bunch of them that are doing yeah. what you're doing, and you, you guys do a good job.
0: Uh, it, I, I think it's important because it can be lost in, well, it's going to become a lost lost art, hunting and fishing. Yeah. And you hate to, if you can just get one person interested in it, I guess you've done something. Yeah. you. I agree. Positively. And yeah. uh,
1: and And the other thing that I wanted to compliment you both on is that you really wave the flag about it. It is sportsmen and women that do more for our wildlife yeah. than anyone else. Pittman Robinson yes. Act, yes, yes, yeah. Uh, things like that, where we're, yeah. we we are putting more money back into our uh, taking care of our fish and our game, yeah, and all other species too. If, if you think of, of, of wildlife,
0: a, if you think of a scenario in your head of like no no one hunting and fishing, what would happen to wildlife yeah then I mean, you look at the jobs lost whether it's game wardens, yeah. biologists yep, yeah. all outfitters, these outfitters. outfitters
2: yeah. yep. guides and, and like, stores gosh, restaurants be, yeah. hotels yeah. motels yeah.
0: yeah gas stations you it would yeah. be such a trickle down yeah. yep dean's dean's
1: motor lodge there in portage you Remember know back in the 20 day? years ago oh that yeah. place would be jammed oh yeah packed yeah yep. out of stagers yep i'm bummed out because when we were young going to camp we that was part of the plan we always drove up went to Patton. after the canadian border thing changed uh we always went in through six mile okay but we would go to Patton. we'd stop at ellis's family market yeah get whatever odds and ends we need for groceries buy our milk there we'd buy eight or ten gallons of holton farms dairy yeah ice whatever Mm. then we'd go to ashland and go to a restaurant and have breakfast yeah. before we went in the woods. Yeah. I can't find a restaurant in Ashland anymore.
0: There, there, there now is the yeah, uh, the, the old, old post, post cafe.
1: Is now a restaurant.
0: Yeah. Right yeah.
2: beside Ash, Ashland, one stop. We so. did
0: it going up fishing. fishing.
2: yeah.
1: When the deer got wiped out, it has been very, very slow for them to come back.
2: Well, I believe that, and they call that, they, they fell into what they call a predator pit. And, and coyotes drive that, that... When the population, when the population's high, predators can take a, you know, and still maintain a population. But when it gets low, the predator's still taking them, and, but yeah. to the extent that they can't get a foothold and coyotes are still killing them, that they, they can't seem to, they call it a predator pit. They can't seem to get out of that pit.
0: Yeah. Interesting. It, it, dropped, it
2: dropped down so low and you can look up the the phrase there that they, they, just can't climb out of it. They interesting, can't. interesting. Yeah. interesting. Yeah. See, that, th- that's another thing. When I was young, there was no
1: coyotes. When I was young, there were not. No, that's no. That's, that's there were that's, no coyotes up there. When the, you know, I mean, I'm sure there were some coyotes, but, but you didn't see them. them. Yeah. Now you see coyotes, and it's the, the levels of everything have changed. Yeah. The links now are very thick. Oh we, my! We don't goodness. see a lot of rabbits, but it's it's, sp- it's, you can easily see links. Yeah. yeah. The other thing, the fur bearers are easy to see the fluctuation with fur bearers. Last year, I yeah. filmed a beautiful fisher while we were deer hunting. Yeah. You know, it's been a few years since we've seen some fisher. Yeah. Last year, yeah. we saw a bunch of fisher.
0: Yeah. I saw a, a fair amount last year. Yeah. yeah. We, we I was just <laughs> telling
1: Paul we
2: were bird hunting. I saw two lynx within the last few weeks. Yeah. Two, two different places. It's crazy links. now. I've seen a lot of lynx up here over the last few years. So there are a lot of lynx and stuff. And yeah. And yeah. they and they. I don't see bobcat. No bobcats are, are fairly rare up here now. I think the lynx have maybe had an effect on them.
1: Driven them out.
2: Yeah, but uh, and the lynx have a, are a big player in the hare population. You know that's oh, what yeah. they mainly feed on is, yep. is snowshoe hare. So.
1: But yeah. anyway, I apologize for rambling. No, along. On. I just no. wanted you guys to know that we really do appreciate what you're doing. You do a great job at it, and. Uh, I just I'm honored and I thank you for having me, John. It's thanks for coming. Pleasure. It's
0: been a lot of fun. Yeah. Very <laughs> love, interesting. Love talking deer hunting, and yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll probably split this into a two-part series. Yeah, I think it will probably put them both out this week. Yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's been it's been really good. Yeah, uh, somebody
2: that yeah shares the same and and the same they look at it the same way. You know, it's not. There's way more than just going deer hunting. Yep, the, the whole is. thing is way bigger than going out yep. deer hunting. It is. That's that's part of it, but it's just a small part yep. of it. It. Uh,
0: so and I think we pretty much covered it all. We, yeah. Deer camp, deer stories, a little bit of fishing. Yeah. A little bit of nature, a little bit of science. Yeah. So we got deer season starting Saturday. Saturday. Residents. Residents. Like yeah. everyone's... Boy, didn't the year go by fast. Oh, asphalt. my word. And this deer season will go by fast. So we,
2: we look forward to it and... Savor it. Yeah. And here it is.
1: We I would be gone. I was just down in Lincoln at Whitney Outfitters. Walked through. I always am looking for yeah. a gun. You never know what you can't do yes. without. Yes. They've already tagged 20 deer. No yeah, kidding you, from Youth yeah. Day? And mm-hmm. the Youth Day was 14 of them. Yeah.
0: No kidding. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I was surprised by, Youth Day... Was a two-day hunt. It was a two-day hunt. Started on, no. on Friday, the 20th, and Saturday the 21st. Yeah. Someone had posted some pictures on Friday, and I was going, Well, gosh, this must be from last year. Like and then I looked it up. Yeah, youth day opened on Friday. So it was oh. a two-day youth day hunt. So well, I I hope that that's a sign keen. of good things. I hope so, so I hope
1: I hope those young people are, get some, are having a good time and get
0: some hunters hooked. Yeah. So good yeah. luck to everyone. This coming Saturday or next mm. Saturday, and uh, hopefully it's going to be a productive year. So, John, thanks for coming. Thank again. You we had blast. Been a blast.
2: Been a been a great time. Good stories. Oh, been an honor to and, meet you guys. Uh,
0: yeah, it, this was this was a good time for sure. So, until next time, get outside. It's good for the soul. See ya.